Well, hello, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Chapel Chimes Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to chiming in on what's going on in our culture, inside the church, and outside the church. Please like, subscribe, and share, and we'd love to hear from you. Now, without further ado, Chapel Chimes. Well, hello, folks, and welcome back to another podcast episode of Chapel Chimes. We're so thankful that you have chosen to uh, download or listen, or maybe you're looking over somebody's shoulder and listening to this. I do not know, but we're so glad that you have uh, chosen to do that. We'd love to hear from you. You can like, you can share, you can subscribe. Uh, You can reach out to us. I've been giving out my email at dallaspytn at yahoo.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Well, today we want to look at um, a subject that's very, uh, I'd say, controversial. Uh, I would also say very, um, uh, could be very, a tender subject, I might would say. But after watching social media for the last few days, I think it bears a, uh, a bringing out. And so I want to talk to you today of what to do when your heroes fall. What to do when your heroes fall, and we want to have a word of prayer as we look at this today. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray you'd be with us in this episode. I pray you'd speak to hearts. I pray you'd help us to have wisdom and caring and grace. And will we love you and thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've all experienced it probably in some way, somebody that you've looked up to, um, that you maybe put stock in, that you had confidence in. Uh, it could be a family member. It could be a maybe a political leader, it could be a a, a coach, maybe somebody used to work for, it could be anybody really in your life that you looked up to that had probably an influence, maybe a mentor in your life, and they fall. We see some of it on a national scale, some nationally known football coach that has integrity um, gets found out that he's not as as, uh, upstanding. In particular, we see it in the ministry and in church when some well-known, well-loved, well-liked, maybe tremendous pastor or preacher uh, falls into some heinous sin. Now, for the most part, when we see a preacher fall, a missionary, a a leader, an evangelist fall, uh, it is in the area of sexual sin. Now, we know that other sins can cause someone to be disqualified for ministry, in fact, if you're listening today and you say, well, why do churches and preachers make that big of a deal? Well, the Bible is clear about the uh, qualifications of a pastor and of a preacher. Uh, and we know, according to Scripture, that preachers and pastors in particular should uh, live uh, a certain life. There are guidelines that the local church has supposed to is supposed to live by when it comes to calling a pastor. And when that pastor or that preacher, that uh, evangelists gets into some sin and they have to step away, it becomes very scandalous. And we see this all the time. It's been going on now, really, uh, since the beginning of, of uh, the church. But we, we have to admit that we are living in an age now of internet, with uh, social media in particular, what used to be not known maybe for years is now known almost immediately. Uh, And so we are dealing with a different dynamic. And I just wanted to talk about what do we do? I've seen the reactions here in the last couple of days of 
someone who I personally do not know, and so I cannot speak to the situation, but the reactions that I've seen on social media, and not only to the one recently, but to some here even in the past, has been uh, inconsistent to say the least. On one end, it seems, we have those who want to, as the old saying goes, hang them from the highest tree uh, to prove a point, to, to just, I mean, absolutely come after them and go after them hard. And on the other end, we have a the crickets. You don't hear anyone saying hardly anything, or if they do, it's very politically correct, as if they don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. And somewhere along the line, we have got to learn, what do we do when something like this happens? And it's kind of resorted on our social media platforms into tribalism. America's divided up into, if my favorite politician does something, it seems to be okay. We'll brush it under the rug. If my favorite politician, or if, or if it's uh, my anti-favorite, let's say my opposite politician, and he does something, well, then I'm going to hold him to task. And um, I mean, it, it, we, it is really, really in a bad spot. And we see this as kind of going on in our churches and kind of going on amongst preachers. And I kind of wanted to address it because I've thought about it my own self. What am I doing? How, how, how do I react uh, when someone falls into sin? Well, I'm going to give you some things today. One, uh, I think humility has to begin anytime there's a reaction to any sin, public, private, whenever. We have to be humble. Uh, I remember there was a, here several years ago now, there was a well-known uh, preacher, nationally known preacher that fell into sin. And uh, I asked my then assistant, who's now on to be with the Lord, I said, man, what do you think about that? And I was just, I was kind of getting fired up over it. I was frustrated by it. And I was and he looked, he said, you know, pastor, that always humbles me when I see that. And, you know, I, I, I'm the lead pastor and he was my assistant, but he had more wisdom there than I did. He said, it humbles me. And let me say this, we have to begin with humility whenever, whenever we deal with someone, whether we like them or not. Whenever there's a public sin, humility must be in play because, very simply put, uh, there but by the grace of God go I. None of us are beyond. We have to be reminded of just how wicked we are and how capable we are of maybe the same sin. Now, I know I hear people say, well, I would never do that. We have to be very, very careful with that. Now, I'm not excusing it, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't stand up against it, but we have to be humble. Secondly, real quickly, and I don't want to be real long today, but we have to be honest there needs to be some honesty uh, when, you know, I think every pastor and every big ministry at all has maybe had some something happen that, that uh, they maybe were tempted to brush under the rug, and that has hurt the church. We have to be honest about things. We have to bring them out. It does seem like sexual sin in particular has a lying and deceptiveness to it. Well, all sin does, but that in particular does because of the repercussions of it. It can affect your family, your job, your ministry, your livelihood. Um, and so, but we have to be honest. We got to be honest both ways. We have to be honest in bringing things out, and we have to be honest in you know the the whole stories of somebody falls into sin at one ministry. They literally go down the road and become the you know the leader of another ministry, and that is just dangerous. And that happens. We know it happens. Uh, I've personally witnessed this take place. That is dishonest. We have to be honest. Uh, we have to get away from the gossip. We have to deal with things, and sometimes they have to be dealt with publicly. And so being dishonest and being quiet is the wrong way to go. 
But we do have to have grace. Secondly, not only honesty, I'd say first, number one, humility. Number two, honesty. Number three is grace. We do have to give grace. We have to be able to extend grace. To whom much is given, much is required. We have got to be able to show grace and show uh, our humility that, hey, we are going to do everything we can not to bash you or hurt you. We do have to extend uh, grace. Number four, I would say this, we have to use wisdom. These things can become very, very tricky. There's no doubt that when a church has some preacher or some leader fall into sin, it hurts that ministry, it hurts that church. Now to say that it don't, and sometimes I hear people almost hint that somehow the church is going to be better for it, that is simply, in my estimation, and I think I can make the biblical case, that is not true. Now God can do anything. He can take crooked things and make them straight. We know that. And I think it's what people mean by it. But we have to use some wisdom on this. We have to understand. And I would go so far as to say, all of us as preachers and as ministers, we have to look at our life and use some wisdom so that we won't get there. We have to, I saw one preacher tweeted uh, just a few hours ago, said, hey, it's made me look at my life and think what is going on in my life that could get me to some of these spots that other people have gotten. We have to use wisdom. Now, we also have to be careful when it comes to wisdom that not everything that's put out and not everything that's said and not everything that's in the comment section on a YouTube video is necessarily truthful. Not everything on a tweet is backed up with total facts. It could be just conjecture and opinion. We have to use humility, honesty, grace, wisdom. We have to give also forgiveness. There needs to be forgiveness available to those who fall into sin. Now, that does not mean a stamp of approval. And I think we, we are, I remember when I was a young preacher, if some preacher ran off of his secretary, I mean, he was pretty much done in the ministry. Now, he'll have a national platform. That should not be the case. That does not mean, though, that we should not offer forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 applies. If they are repentant and if there is a process of restoration, uh, in fact, I wrote that down my next word, not only humility, honesty, grace, wisdom, forgiveness, but there needs to be restoration. Now, that does not mean that they're going to go back to the same position. I think once that takes place, they are truly disqualified, and we have to say they are. But that does not mean that they're not restored, that they're no longer saved. And again, we, we are, I, I see people all over the place. There has to be a balance on this. And so there has to be forgiveness and there has to be restoration. But there has to be repentance. And I believe there has to be a track record that this sin or whatever it may be that's taken place has been dealt with, has been put behind them, and will no longer take place. And, uh, I mean, the classic example would be if somebody has a problem with being a, a, a thief, let's say. Maybe they, they take some money. Well, you would not want to hand them a bag of gold money if that's their problem. Uh, if they if they fall in the area of alcohol addiction and become a drunkard, you would not give them a job at the Jack Daniels factory. You would not tell them to go, you know, set up shop beside the wine, uh, you know, store or whatever. Whatever scenario you can think of, there has to be forgiveness and restoration, but there has to be repentance, and there has to be, uh, I believe personally, a brokenness over the sin, and that has to take place. Sometimes it does. Many times it does not, and we have to use some wisdom. And then I want to close with this today. Um, 
the word, and I wrote this word down as I was just thinking about what to say about this, and that would be the word eternity. One of the things we must remember when it comes to um, falling into sin, many times when it takes place, it's dramatic. People are interested because it's went on, and it's almost like it's gossip, something to talk about. It almost brings excitement to people's lives. They, they love to bring, did you hear, did you hear? And um, there's, a, there's a fleshness to that. But one of, the, one of the things that gets lost in that is that there is eternal consequences to that. Families, children, neighbors, folks who are watching the church, folks we've witnessed to, folks we've tried to influence. Uh, when we uh, fall in, the broken home, the hurt, the hurt marriage, the hurt testimony, those have eternal consequences. Now, that's not to say that God doesn't forgive, that God doesn't love us. But one of the things I think just automatically gets missed is there is eternal consequences that take place uh, when something when something like that uh, goes on. Uh, some folks never get past that, and Satan uses that. Now, God forgives, and God can do great and mighty things, but Satan can use that, and we have to keep that in mind. That's the reason I believe churches and preachers ought to deal with it it ought to be done publicly. It ought to be taken care of. It ought to be done in the right way. Uh, and God sets forth for us how to do that. But I just wanted to chime in today because we're all over the place on this. And we must stay in our Bible. We must stay on our knees. We must give, give wisdom to this. But we must stand without apology. And we must say that sin is sin and truthfulness is truthfulness. And we must do it with all the kindness that we can. Now, Today, it may be somebody that you really love and it really breaks your heart to see him fall into sin. Tomorrow, it may be somebody that you really don't like and you're kind of secretly rejoicing. May we ask God to give us wisdom that it's not just about our tribe and about our clique and about our camp, but it's about the cause of Christ and it's about what God wants us to do when our heroes fall. Lord, I pray as we close that you'll bless. And Lord, you know every person that's listening, and I pray you'd use it. May I have honesty and wisdom and integrity. May I be truthful. May I think about eternity. And may we guard our hearts in this wicked time. And Lord, we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, folks. Thank you for listening to Chapel Chimes.